the WOW podcast, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and today I speak with the lovely Rebecca McWilliam. Rebecca is a holistic psychologist that is here to chat about burnout with us. Burnout comes in many ways, shapes and forms, so she's here to share with us her knowledge about treating it, understanding it, managing it and all the little bits in between. It's so nice to be back in your ears. I know it's been a little bit of a break, so I appreciate you tuning back in and I really hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, I would love it if you could subscribe or click follow, leave a review and share it with your friends. Plus, if you haven't already, you better come follow us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore. So enjoy, guys. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome to the WOW podcast. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for joining us today. I'm very excited to get into discussing burnout with you today. Yes, it's a very important topic, I think, and one that we don't talk about enough. Absolutely. Before we dive into it, I would like to start with an acknowledgement of country. I would like to begin by acknowledging the Ngunnawal people, the traditional custodians of the land I reside on, and the Yugambai people, the country that Rebecca resides on. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners here today. So Rebecca, would you please share a little bit about yourself for our listeners? Yeah, of course. So I am a psychologist here on the beautiful Gold Coast. I'm very lucky where I live. I'm very close to the beach. Um, and I am a dog mum, uh, first and foremost. <laughs> uh, love my puppy, Upper. Uh, and I absolutely love doing art and you know, dancing and yoga and mindfulness. Yeah, there are a few things about me. As a fellow dog mum, I think it would be rude of me (laughs) to not ask what breed is, um, did you say uh, Uppy is his name? Upper. Upper. Yeah, yeah. So he is a Samoyed puppy and he is definitely still in the puppy phase. He is, yeah, a handful. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Now, you are a psychologist. Yes, I am. And you practice in holistic psychology. Would you like to share a little bit about that field that you're working with and and your areas of specialty within that? Yeah, beautiful. So holistic psychology is all about body, mind and spirit. Uh, So it's not just about, you know, someone coming in my door and, you know, their their GP has put that they're suffering from anxiety disorder. I actually get into the nitty gritty of, you know, what's happening with them, you know, have a look at their nutrition, their exercise, Uh, you know, if they're supported by people, I kind of, I I take a more holistic kind of approach to, you know, their healing journey, because that's what it's, what it's all about. And I guess my areas that I work predominantly in is anxiety, stress, uh, depression. I do a little bit of PTSD and trauma and a lot around self-care and burnout and just helping people and, and mainly women actually, Um, finding their true selves, which I just absolutely love doing. 
That's so wonderful. I came across your Instagram profile, which I'll link in the show notes for all of you guys to check out. And I saw some of the incredible advice that you had been giving and sharing around burnout. And I just thought like, oh my God, this is an episode I need to do because I think this is something that affects so many young women. And I'm really interested to know, Rebecca, in your experience, how badly do you feel um, burnout how does that like how badly does it affect women in today's society oh i just it, it's hugely uh for lack of better words uh burnout is just extremely prevalent um in our society but i think some people and and most of us don't even know what burnout is and i think you know these this day and age you know workaholicism because uh, that's totally a word uh, <laughs> is celebrated uh by most people and you know i i know so many women and and you know not just clients but but friends and family that are working a 9 to 5 job plus you know they're looking after children or they might be studying on top of that and they just don't have a, a good work life balance and when that happens over time, it, it can lead to burnout. And it's it's such a such an important topic. And that's why when you reached out to me, I was like, yes, I'm getting on this because I think we really need to preach it um, and, and help women and men. But, you know, especially with this podcast, it's about women uh, understand what burnout is and what they can kind of do if they're in burnout, um, because when we actually talk about what burnout looks like, I think a lot of your listeners are going to be like, oh, my gosh, I, I might be in burnout or I might be close to. Yeah, and I think you're so right. I mean, as I'm, I'm only 25 and I've definitely experienced burnout, but it's one of those things I feel when I went to university and, you know, you're going through that final years of university where you're looking at finding an internship, looking at great opportunities. I feel like when it comes to kind of finding those great opportunities, doing those internships, a lot of it does come out down to a very toxic environment of overworking it is you know you will be that one lucky graduate and let me emphasize lucky like that is the (laughs) word that people tend to really put emphasis on when you're entering the big wide world of a nine-to-five job and pursuing a career is that you are so lucky to have gotten that job compared to all of your other university classmates who are in the rat race for that same position so yeah don't forget how lucky you are. And I feel that's really drilled into us. And so, you know, because it is a rat race and you've got so many people that are trying to get that job you're going for, you're willing to show how much you appreciate it or show how deserving you are of it, whether that be, you know, maybe it's said that it's nine to five, but you're willing to take that outside, that call outside of work hours. You're willing to work maybe an extra 10 hours a week sometimes putting on an extra two hours every day, coming in an hour early, finishing an hour later. It's not taking lunch breaks. It's not prioritizing your health. It's putting, you know, your work in front of everything else. Um, And I think that can be quite dangerous when we're really young and first navigating that careerhood and what that looks like for us. Because I think that really in our minds, it tells us that this is what working is. And this And this is what it means to succeed and achieve in life. And you can't have success um, and achievement in your career unless you work yourself to the brink of burnout constantly. So is that something that you see? Is this this a theme that you see through your clients that you um, work with? 
Oh my gosh. Everything you just said, I was like, preach sister. Like it's so, (laughs) so true. Mm -hmm. I, even me, myself, my first job out of uh, university, I smashed myself for lack of better words. I, you know, was doing so many extra hours. I was, you know, coming in early, I was leaving late and I definitely, I don't think I hit burnout, but I was extremely, extremely close. And I think, especially when it comes to university and after you've done the, you know, four to six years of study, it definitely is something that's ingrained into you, you know, whether it be from parents or uh, lecturers or whatever it might be around, you know, you are lucky to have this job and prove, prove to these people that you deserve to be here. But at the end of the day, that's, that's only going to burn you out in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's only, I mean, I'm only 25 and I'm saying with hindsight now, but I think it's (laughs) having gone on the journey that I've had um, and I've shared quite openly with my listeners, Rebecca, that I've um, struggled with endometriosis. And so part of that had to do with my burnout at a younger age, but it's only now having uh, come to terms with the fact that I can be, have a chronic illness or, you know, but I can still put myself first and I still deserve that position that I want to be in. I can still tick off those career goals, but it does mean it's like a complete remodeling of how you perceive and look at things in the brain. So, I mean, we could go on for so long probably about our own personal stories because I feel like everyone has one of those stories that they are facing and I'm sure plenty of our listeners right now are listening going I'm in that current space so for those people do you want to please explain some of the signs and symptoms to look look out for Definitely, definitely. And I guess first and foremost, before I get into the signs and symptoms, the main causes I find of burnout are our work, our lifestyle and our um, personality traits as well. So those are kind of like the big three areas that I talk to clients about when they first come in. So, you know, when it comes to work, it's you know, are you, are you enjoying your work? Are you being overworked? Are you being appreciated when it comes to lifestyle? It's around, are you having a work-life balance? Because I think that's, you know, super important. And then when it comes to personality traits, I've, I find out if they're like that type A personality, um, you know, are they a perfectionist? Is, is that something that's really affecting them? And then when we go into the signs and symptoms, it's around, you know, are you feeling tired and drained more so than normal? Are you getting headaches and muscle pain? You know, are you getting sick more than normal? Because lowered immunity is a, is a big one. That's a huge sign of burnout. Uh, are you having change um, within your sleep and with your appetite? That's another huge one. Uh, loss of motivation, sense of failure and self-doubt, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment from life, decreased satisfaction and sense of accomplishment. Another big one is withdrawing from your normal responsibilities as well. So whether it be, you know, if you're uh, a part of a social group or, you know, even just at home, if you're someone that's kind of stepped back from doing those normal roles that actually help you out day to day, if you're isolating yourself, um, procrastinating, 
Another huge one I find is people will tend to use food, alcohol or drugs as a coping mechanism as well. That's a big um, sign that they might be reaching burnout just as a way to cope. And also when you're becoming more frustrated with loved ones around you or just people in general, that frustration is a really key sign that you might be reaching or, or in burnout. That's so fascinating. It's so, it's so broad, isn't it? Oh, it's so broad. How does burnout link to anxiety and depression? Is it, is it, is it a causation kind of thing or do you mind touching on that a little bit in terms of, you know, yeah. people with mental health um, illnesses more likely to um, like have burnout or get burnout at some point in their yeah. lives? Yeah. Well, I think when it comes to, because I think a lot of people get confused between stress and burnout. Yeah. Usually. Fine yeah, yeah. It is. It is. So when it comes to, stress that usually leads to anxiety because over time you know your body's in that fight flight response you're you know you're you're sensing fear in um, different situations that may not actually be fearful whereas when it comes to burnout that tends to lead to detachment and depression so that's what we tend to find that big distinction because burnout has a lot of characteristics of depression. Um, so that hopelessness, the helplessness, um, the detachment, not finding motivation, that side of things. So that's a really big distinction that I kind of talk through my clients um, about because, you know, stress, I guess, tends to kind of come up as a physical symptom, whereas burnout is mainly an emotional damage um yeah and and also when it comes to burnout as well I find that people that have chronic pain conditions because I myself have a chronic pain condition when you were talking about endo I was like yeah like I I also have a chronic pain condition that I live with and so people that have pain can actually be more susceptible to burnout as well um, so it's something to really keep in mind in the back of your head. If you're not putting your work-life balance in yourself first, then it's, it's very likely that that burnout can occur. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a much the, the line between balancing health and work and everything else in life, yes. I feel like becomes, it becomes <laughs> a lot easier to kind of slip and fall off if you're not very careful when you're dealing with uh, chronic illnesses. That's a really good point that you touched on. Um, we've got yeah. some listener questions, so we will pause and get into them before we kind of move on to the next part where we talk about treating it and managing it. Um, the first question is from Ellie and she actually is kind of touching on what we will touch like talk about in the second part which is Ellie would like to know how can she get better when she's experiencing burnout yes and I think you know that's something we all need <laughs> to know you know if we ever reach that or if we ever get close so what I usually talk to clients about is what I call the three R's um, so that is recognize. So that's when we look and we watch out for signs and symptoms. So those um, areas that we just touched on. Then we look at the second R, which is reverse. So that's where we seek external support. So this is where, you know, the psychologist comes in or the therapist or someone that, you know, that that is kind of their realm. Um, so it's seeking support, self-care and trying to manage the stress. So that's reverse. 
And then the last one is resilience. So that's kind of taking care of your well-being um, overall and making sure that that resilience is quite high going forward. Uh, and that's pretty much just putting yourself forward, right? It's making sure that you're looking after your physical health. It's making sure that you're looking after your emotional health. Um, and it all kind of ties back into self-care. So I definitely think the three R's are very helpful when you're in that burnout, especially, so it's recognized reverse resilience, but definitely the reverse part if you're actually in burnout. So I would definitely say to Ellie, you know, seek support, go and see a therapist. That's what we're here for. Mm, mm, Absolutely. Lisa sent in a great question, which is my workplace is currently burning me out, but I don't know how to approach them in talking about it. I feel like this is so many of us out there. So Rebecca, what is your recommendations? Yeah. And I think, you know, first and foremost, Lisa, it is bloody scary, (laughs) you know, talking to your workplace, you know, and I just want to validate that because I think a lot of my clients that I get in, they're, they're, they're very much in this position of, I, I don't know how to approach my workplace, but I think the first thing that should be done is making sure that you're looking after yourself outside of work. So trying to have like a little or a, a, a good self-care, um, I guess, strategies in place so that you are having that work-life balance. But then when it comes to actually um, looking at the workplace, you really do need to have a conversation with management or boss or, you know, whatever position you're in, because that's what they're there for. They should be open and willing to have these conversations if they are burning you out. Um, when I was really, really close to burnout within my first job, I actually wrote a list of things that I felt would be helpful for me to be able to go forward. So I had a few different things like, you know, some reduced um, work. Um, I had a nine day fortnight just to trial for a little bit, just a few different points to bring forward. Um, And I definitely didn't get all of those things, but it was just a way for me to kind of come forward and show that I had been thinking about it. And my, my manager actually took it very, very well. And she was really impressed that I did come up to her to talk about it because I think at the end of the day as well, if you're in a really busy workplace, they might not even know that you are struggling. So you, you really do need to be open and honest about it. And, you know, if they aren't willing to, I guess, have those conversations and and want to help you, then that's a pretty big sign as well that maybe, and I'm not telling you to quit, but, you know, maybe that it isn't the, the best and most supportive workplace for you. I really like your tips just then on um, actually having a list of points that I think will help you through that you can take to your boss because I think a lot of the times when you go to have a meeting with your boss and you express the fact that you know you're finding things quite tough and things aren't going as well as what you had hoped and that it's really having an impact on your mental health that a lot of the times they would like to help but they're not sure how (laughs) like it can be one of those things that it's almost easier for them when you say it would help me if I could do this 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 and that and they can say okay well that thing actually doesn't quite suit us in where we're at right now but we can do those other things for you exactly Um, really useful Yeah, I just think it's really, really helpful because it also shows them that you've been brainstorming this because I think sometimes, 
and it's awful to say, but I think sometimes the, the, the words stress and burnout kind of get thrown around quite a bit. And so sometimes in, in, managers, like an unpro- in an unprotected yeah, that now exactly. that you are in a serious need of like reevaluation because of those factors that they aren't taken as seriously. Exactly. It's almost like that the boy who cried wolf mm. kind of situation where others kind of throw that around and then it's not taken seriously. Whereas, you know, burnout is something really, really serious. And um, it's also good to note, I know <laughs> my personal experience are that your psychologist can give you a letter of recommendation if you do require time off work. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Which is also very handy if you feel that you're in an environment where they don't take mental health seriously. I, th- I think it's also important where, you know, if some psychologists may not actually write a letter if they haven't seen you for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So just keep in mind, if you've only seen the therapist for a couple of sessions, they may say no, just because they don't know you fully. So in that kind of a position, your GP will be able to write a letter. That's just an important point I wanted to add. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good one. So I'd love to know, Rebecca, we did touch on the three R's uh, with Ellie's question, but is there other ways to treating burnout? Yes. So I definitely think besides the three R's, the two most important things from this podcast are self-care. Actually, I'm going to add a third. So (laughs) self-care, because I can, is self-care, boundaries, and seeking support from a therapist. I think those three are just so key because when it comes to self-care, it's around, you know, just making sure that you're looking after yourself and you're putting yourself first. I think a lot of people think that self-care is selfish where it's not. Self-care is adding in little things to your day, like, for instance, going for a mindful walk or making sure that you're eating uh, really nutrient-rich food. Um, that That is all, you know, really important aspects to be added to your day that's actually going to help you in the long run. When it comes to boundaries, that's around having healthy boundaries. So I always talk to clients about the the three boundary types. So there's porous boundaries where we kind of allow people to come in willy-nilly and kind of not use us, but we, we don't have any kind of secure, healthy boundaries in place. So people can kind of take advantage of that. And that's where, you know, some workplaces will just keep adding work to your plate because you keep saying yes. Whereas the other side, the rigid boundaries, that's where you don't allow anyone in. Um, You know, you're very strong in the way that you are um, and you kind of say no a lot. Whereas the healthy boundaries, that's about putting yourself first and making sure that, you know, you're only doing things when it feels right. You're saying no when you can't do things. When it comes to the workplace, I say to people, if someone uh, keeps adding or trying to add work to you that's when you step up and you say well I actually can't do that if you want me to be able to do this but let's kind of come to um, a a little bit of the middle ground Mm -hmm. so that can be really helpful for people and then also just seek support from a therapist again that's what we're here for it's I think it's really helpful to have a third person to talk to that you know is not a part of your life that can help you come to conclusions and help you um, with you know, different coping tools and different ways of being um, that isn't, you know, a friend or someone that um, obviously has a biased opinion. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that last point is just so crucial. You know, no one should be afraid to seek support. And I think the other thing that is really important to know is that you don't have to be in crisis, like in a crisis point to go look at speaking to a therapist. You know, it can literally be that you're feeling a little bit more overwhelmed than not like than you're used to and that's that's the market that you say okay but I think I want to go see as uh you know a psychologist or a counselor or whoever that person is for you because yes I think often the the rhetoric and talk around seeking support has to be you need to have a mental illness to see a psychologist mm-hmm. um which often I think it can means that people don't seek support unless they're in that crisis phase how important is it for the clients that you see that they're seeking help in the beginning stages and not just that final stage where everything is unfortunately in a really bad space oh so 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 times a thousand important (laughs) because that's where especially if we're coming into the world of burnout that's where you know, we can just get to that recognized phase of the three R's. We don't have to get into that reverse phase. Mm-hmm. It's about having that awareness and having coping tools and just being able to, uh, I guess, build on that resilience that you have. I, I think everyone should see a therapist if I'm being completely honest, because I think we are constantly being trialed in this day and age, especially with how much we're, you know, supposed to take on and, you know, the fact that we're meant to work these ridiculous hours that we never had to back in caveman times. And so everything is very stressful and anxiety provoking and just a lot. And that's why I think we're seeing such a huge rise within burnout. It's also good to note that um, you, you probably know more about this, but I know it can be quite expensive to seek support. Yes. And so there is the mental health care plan that you can receive from your GP. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It is. So there's some therapists out there that do bulk build sessions. So that's where the mental health care plan just covers all of it. But a lot of therapists do just have a fee where there's a little bit extra on top of the mental health care plan where the mental health care plan, um, I think it's about $87 that you get back. It's forever changing, but it's around that. And then sometimes you have to pay just a bit extra on top of that. Mm. So yeah, that that's so helpful. And I always encourage my clients to get a mental health care plan um, just so that they can get that rebate. And now because of COVID as well, we actually get 20 sessions that are rebateable when it used to be 10 So that's really helpful as well, where people can almost get, you know, a session every two weeks that's rebatable, which is amazing. So, yeah, that's a really good point. But I wanted to touch on, you were chatting about boundaries just before. I think boundaries (laughs) can be so hard to implement. I mean, talking on the scale, you're saying, you know, the the scale where you just let people walk in and do whatever they want I feel like if you are one of those people that has struggled with boundaries or isn't very good at putting boundaries into place uh, starting to do that can be quite difficult do you have any advice for doing that I mean as someone who's just a people pleaser and struggles with that I'm just so excited to hear what you have to say yeah (laughs) I love that you worry about them You own that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's it's really hard because I think 
when you you come from a place where you haven't been taught boundaries or you know that you haven't had them in the past you do get a lot of hit back from people when you first start putting them in place so i think it's really important to note that because you're actually you know starting to put yourself first and that might actually rub some people the wrong way uh, for lack of better words but with healthy boundaries it's all about kind of I guess exploring what your values are and the type of person that you want to be and putting that first Um, you know people that have healthy boundaries they they really live their life in line with their beliefs and their values they only share appropriate information. Whereas some people, you know, if you're more in the the poorer side, you might be, you know, oversharing more so than uh, you may, well, you should be, I guess. Uh, whereas if you're more in that rigid side, you probably don't ask for help or, you know, you, you have those very strong walls up. And I think when it comes again to, to healthy boundaries, a good way to start is just about saying, no when you need to I think you know that's something that's super simple but saying no when that situation isn't aligned with you because I think when you've got porous boundaries you fear rejection from others I I tend to find Um, and so that's why people people please because they want to make sure that they're liked or that they're helping others but really you're putting your own mental health um, well you're detrimenting it really Whereas if you're in that rigid side, you tend to keep people more at a distance. You don't trust easily. So I think for those healthy boundaries, it's all about communicating your own needs and wants to others and making sure that you stay true to that. And it can be really scary. And, you know, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's it's quite anxiety provoking when you first start, but it's also very liberating over time. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in terms of let's, let's chat managing burnout, obviously yes. we've spoken about treating it, but is there ways that we can, things that we can do to make sure that we don't get to that stage? Is it just, you know, yes. putting in place the treatment things that you spoke about or is there some long-term things that we should be doing to make sure that we don't ever get to that stage of burnout? Yeah, and I think it really is about, one, it's self-care, but it's just making sure that you're looking after your basic needs. So whenever I have a new client come through my door, I make sure and I assess, you know, how their sleep habits are because that's a huge one. If you're not getting enough sleep, you know, I know <laughs> me, myself, and I'm, I'm an absolute demon if I don't get enough sleep. Yeah, it's me like too. Say, I'm horrible. 10 yards away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and making sure that they're eating well, because that's another huge one, mm. uh, making sure that, you know, that they've got good connections around them because when we feel detached or a lack of connection with people, even us introverts, you know, we still need people and we still need, you know, loving and important relationships around us. Mm. If that isn't being met, then that's a really big, um, point towards that burnout uh, and also low mood side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also about making sure that you have a really good work-life balance. So, you know, making sure that if you are in a Monday to Friday, nine to five job that you finish and start right on time, you know, you have a way of kind of decompressing after work. I know 
again, one of my first jobs, I made sure that as soon as I finished work, I went to gym and I really listened to what my body needed when I went to gym. So, you know, some days I had enough energy to do, you know, an amazing weight session. And then there were some days where I was so exhausted that I just did a really light stretching session. So I really listened to my body, but that was my way of, I guess, switching off from work and then getting back into that lifestyle side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is just about assessing and making sure that your life is balanced. Finding what works for you. Exactly. Because it's going to be different person to person. Mm. I wanted to touch on just quickly supporting friends that you feel are getting to that, Mm. you know, that are going down the wrong pathway when it comes to overloading themselves. We all have them. I think we all might know someone or might be concerned for someone who just seems to be working towards the brink of exhaustion and they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and you have that protective instinct in you to help them and support them and go oh I'm just concerned you know you can't always live your life this way how would you recommend supporting those people when they might not necessarily be in a complete state of burnout but are on the way and maybe aren't fully aware of uh, how they're what they're doing to themselves Yes, 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 yes. And I think that's a very, um, it's, it's a very important topic, but it's also a line that, you know, if it's a good friend that then it's a lot easier than someone that you may not be as close to. Yeah. But I think, you know, first and foremost, maybe just send them this podcast. No, <laughs> but I think education is a little, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just a little shameless plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think education is key. So maybe even, you know, sitting down with them, you know, if you catch up for coffee or something like that and just asking them about how they are because a lot of conversations can kind of be I guess steered into that direction just by asking how someone is how someone truly is you know are they they feeling a little bit exhausted what's kind of coming up for them and you know after this podcast or maybe after doing some education on your own I think kind of highlighting some of those points that they might bring up after you've asked them how they are Um, and even just, there's so many fantastic Instagram pages out there now that are around that self-help. So maybe even, you know, sending them something around, you know, signs and symptoms of burnout, if they actually start opening up about how they are quite exhausted. Um, I think there's so many different ways of doing it. And I think if they're a really good friend and you feel like you can be open and honest about them, just just say it, just say, I'm actually worried about the amount that you are doing at this time. And this comes from a place of, you know, compassion and care. And I just, I I really love you as a person and I don't want you to go down that burnout route. Do you have any suggestions for good Instagram pages to follow? I mean, other than your own, which (laughs) (laughs) do you have, do you have any other recommendations of really, because there's some like really artsy, like they're all into the graphics and they have some really nice messages. Do you have any you could recommend? Oh, there's just so many. Um, There's a, a beautiful girl that, I or lady sorry that I know Bex who runs Journey to Wellness so she's done quite a lot of my cartoons we've collaborated quite a bit 
uh, on Instagram. She does some amazing ones. So it's just journey underscore to underscore wellness. Mm-hmm. I really love her page. Um, and they're little snapshots, I think, because this day and age we're a bit too busy to kind of do a lot of our own research. So having something quick and easy um, is really helpful. Mm. there's another page called self-care express so that's all one word they have some really beautiful images isn't it great oh I love it uh they're they're absolutely fantastic the people that run that um oh man I'm there's just so many I, I might actually send you a few um that you can link on your podcast um on Spotify maybe just because there's that many (laughs) yeah that sounds good um so for anyone who wants more we'll put them in the show notes once this goes live yeah before we get to the end the pointy end of finishing up this episode I feel like we could keep chatting for a very long time I know Uh, (laughs) but do you have your number one piece of best advice you'd like to give to our listeners on the topic of burnout Yeah. And I think I'm going to go back to what I said, what is best to treat burnout. Mm. I think if seeking, I guess, support is too much for you at the moment, or you can't see someone straight away, because I know that there definitely is a deficit in mental health um, and weights at the moment, um, like waiting lists, I mean, I definitely think try and focus on boundaries and self-care. Those two are just so key and so important. And I think we minimize the effect that those two things actually have on our lives. Mm. So trying to, and again, I mean, have a look on my Instagram page as well, because I've done quite a few posts on boundaries and self-care as a way to kind of rehash what we've been talking about, but just making sure that you're listening to your body. We don't listen to our intuition enough and we're actually not taught how to. (laughs) And that's actually a big point that I teach my clients about because listening to our intuition and what our body needs that actually ties into boundaries and self-care because Mm. we're doing what's best for us in that moment Mm. yeah that's lovely and do you have a motto or quote when it comes to this that you'd like to share yes well I actually had a little bit of a look-see after (laughs) we were talking about the mottos and the quote but I actually I really like this one that I found and it says burnout is what happens when you try to, when you try to avoid being a human for too long. Mm. And I really like that because, you know, when we avoid being a human, when we go into autopilot, we we're so much more susceptible to getting burnout because we're not listening to ourselves and what our body needs. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Lastly, Rebecca, um, if, people were interested in coming to see you and utilizing the services that you have uh, where could they find you would you mind sharing your website and obviously all your handles of how people can get in touch yeah definitely so I, I want to have a little bit of a clause here because I'm actually not accepting new clients I'm that oh. booked out at the moment um, but I'm I probably will start accepting maybe <laughs> come and sounds really bad, but 2022. Mm. Um, but just for now, go on my Instagram at psychologist Rebecca M. 
Um, I also have my website, which is www.rebeccamcgilliam.com. I am really bad on that website though. So <laughs> I think it's, it's very ancient. So for more up-to-date um, of what I'm doing and, and what I'm kind of posting, definitely go onto my Instagram. Um, and I'm actually working on, because of my wait list and the fact that I'm, I'm currently not taking on new clients, I'm actually working on some little workshops and online courses as well. So those should be available yeah, in the next coming months. And I'm going to have one on burnout and self-care and all of those side of things, because I think, you know, trying to help people in, in a mass way um, through online workshops and courses is just what I can offer at the moment. Um, and I'm also creating some guidance cards as well. I actually haven't announced that yet. So Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Very special. Um, So I'm I'm currently, yeah, I've just finished production of those and we're just getting them printed. And that's going to be a little way for people to kind of pick from a deck of 45 guidance cards as a way to, uh, well, it's a self-care practice really, but as a way to kind of guide their day that day. Mm. Mm. lovely well congratulations that's fantastic thank you. So thank you so much and thank <laughs> you so much as well for coming on providing us with your time and sharing your incredible advice I'm just yeah it's so fantastic to hear you speak so openly um, and educate so many people about this topic because like we mentioned it is so important and so prevalent so thank you yes. so much Rebecca I really appreciate it I really appreciate you coming to me because I think it is something I'm really, 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 really passionate about. And yeah, thank you for this. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Wow. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rebecca and were able to take away some new things that maybe you didn't know before. I release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe and tune in next week. Otherwise, you can come follow us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore for more updates. Lastly, just before I leave you, a friendly reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a professional first. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.